week, he told us that uh, part two of your uh, stories of faith is, is all about Hebrews 11, um, and we're looking forward to that. Thanks very much. God bless. Thanks, Jason. Um, a big hand to our teen band. I think we had 13 teenagers up there leading us in worship. Just fantastic. Really good to see. Um, and Layla, thank you for your prayer. Just really special. Um, so, yeah, nice to be back with you. I don't, it's very rare that I get to do two Sabbaths in the one place. So I'm blessed to be here. Um, last week, um, we, I wanted to put this slide up that's on the, on the screen. And we couldn't get the video going, but this week I think we have. So for the next couple of minutes, I would love you to just, this is a time of worship and reflection for all of us. Um, we, we shared that beautiful promise, John 3.16. Um, we've just worshipped together about how our God, the creator of the universe, um, breathed life into us. What a beautiful song. And then prior to that, we sung, what a beautiful name, what a wonderful name it is, the name of Jesus. Um, many of you are committed followers of Jesus. Some of you are just new followers of Jesus. There's been a lot of baptisms um, at North Pine and Refresh this year. More to come. Very, very exciting as we watch the Spirit of God move in this place. Um, some of you are still wondering about this journey of faith. And um, some of you are wondering what it means. And we'll look, at, we'll look at that today in Hebrews 11. So I hope you've got your Bibles. We're going to crack it open to Hebrews 11 in a, in a little bit. But before we do that, I would love you to, to listen to this song. Um, it's Homeless Herbie. And um, Homeless Herbie goes about a very simple life, blessing the people that he comes in contact with and worshipping God. And at the end of the day, that's what God calls us all to do, to bless those around us and to worship him. And often we get that really mixed up with accumulating stuff and busyness of our lives. But it really is all about um, this beautiful song. Well, it goes like this, the fourth, the fifth, the mighty fall and the major lift, the Bible king composing hallelujah. And there was a secret call that David played and it pleased the Lord. But you don't really care for music, do you? Well, it goes like this, the fourth, the fifth, the minor fall and the major lift, the battle king composing hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Your faith was strong, but you needed proof. You saw bathing on the roof in the beauty and the moonlight overthrew you 
She tied you to her kitchen chair. She broke your throne. She cut your hair. And from your lips, she do the hallelujah. 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 Maybe there's a God above, but all I ever learned from love was how to shoot somebody who done drew you. It's not a cry that you hear at night. It's not someone who sees the light. It's a calling. It's a broken hallelujah. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Pretty, uh, pretty cool song, eh? And um, if you get nothing else out of today, there's the message right there. Um, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have life. And uh, so many times we complicate that and we mess it up and it really is about us blessing those around us, doing what we can to help those around us and to praise God through our life and through our song. Um, so I have a feeling that if Jesus was here today, he'd be hanging out with people like Herbie a lot more than we do. Um, he'd be hanging out with us too because he's a God who loves us all. Um, so last week, we um, I'm, I'm not going to go through what we did, but last week I introduced the idea of, you know, if, if belief in God is the thing that, that makes all the difference as far as God is concerned, the just shall live by faith. Without faith, you cannot please God. If faith is such a foundational idea, what is faith? And what I love about God is that he doesn't just give us a statement about what faith is. Here's what faith is. Um, a bit like, you know, we have a number of statements of what we believe as a church and we roll it out. No, God didn't do that. God actually gave us his son Jesus in five dimensions to touch and see and smell and feel what the kingdom of heaven is like. And um, he asks us, those who love and have faith in him, to do the same, not just to roll out statements, but to touch lives through the love that God has put in us. So I shared a couple of stories last week, and I won't go over them again for those of you who weren't here. Let me just give you a really quick summary. 
um, two stories from my own family. Uh, one where God miraculously intervened to save my dad from a, a boat that had been turned over by a huge wave in the middle of the ocean in the middle of the night. A uh, huge tropical storm, boat swamped, and God miraculously intervened to ensure that he was washed up on a little stretch of beach instead of being smashed against the cliff faces. And uh, once the ocean subsided, that they were able to start that petrol motor that was full of seawater, um, the, the, the tank that was full of seawater, and make their way around to where they could be safe and, and repair the boat. So it's an incredible story of God's absolute intervention. And I grew up as a kid, I was born in Papua New Guinea, I grew up as a kid hearing story after story after story of those sorts of stories. Miracles where God intervened and created and very clearly had his hand on what happened. And so I grew up in this, in this culture of God being absolutely involved in our day-to-day -day affairs and our day-to-day -day life. It was a pretty, pretty good way to, to grow up. But then I shared another story last week where God didn't show up. And in this story, it was another boat story. On this story, my dad lost his young 27-year-old wife and his two oldest boys, David and Adrian, six and four, in a mission boat accident after they'd just had worship and they were doing God's work on the front line of missions which of course led not only to healing, massive healing needed, but a huge crisis of faith, not only for my dad, but for the young church. How can God let this happen? Why God has the power to intervene? And late, late in life, I said to my dad, Dad, what do you do with that? What do you do with God's promises of protection? I'll put my angels around you to keep you and protect you. And I, as I shared last week, his answer to me was profound. He said, son, I don't know. I don't get it. I don't understand. But he said, I still believe. Great answer. And there is so much about our life that we don't understand. But the choice that we have to make and that we each will make is either we throw God out because God can't be real to allow that, or we say, I don't get it, God, but I believe you and I love you and I have faith in your provision for my life. And I'm so glad that my dad chose that route because that's the legacy he spoke into my life. And when my tough chapters in life came, uh, when I had a very significant crisis of faith, where God did not seem to be anywhere remotely close to what was going on in my life. My dad's example was the foundation that enabled me to trust, even though I didn't understand. And in that dark place, God came close to me and he wrapped his arms around me and I shared this last week and I felt his arms. He walked with me beside the lake outside my house and I used to walk up and down, and he walked with me, and I knew that he was beside me. He spoke into my life, and I heard his voice. And so I know without a shadow of a doubt that my God is real. 
Nothing can shake my faith in God. I believe, no matter what. Circumstances of this world cannot shake my faith. And so here's the deal. What God has placed in me is something that I need to share with the kids that I work with and new believers who don't have that life journey with God, who don't have that level of faith, who are just finding out about God. And these questions are very real and need to be answered. And where there are no answers, my role as an older guy who's walked with God for many years, my role holding on to the hand of God is to take the hand of the one who is struggling and to bring the two together and to have them sense that it's okay. God is here. Just bringing them into each other's spaces. And that essentially is our call to a broken world. God speaks his love and his touch and his healing through us. So that's a longer summary than I had planned to give you um, for last week. And I promised you last week that we would jump into their two personal stories. What I want to do is to take you into Scripture because God doesn't leave us with statements. He leaves, leaves us with stories. And so when God says faith is important, he, does, he gives us a whole bunch of stories. So turn your Bible to Hebrews 11. And um, I don't know, do we need house lights on for that, Clayton, or not? No? If you've got phones, you probably don't need house lights. Hebrews 11. And um, I love the very opening part of Hebrews 11. The very first verse, Hebrews 11, verse 1. Now, faith is being, so God starts with a statement. This is what faith is. Now, faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. Um, great statement, but God doesn't leave us there. He goes on, he gives us example after example after example of what that means, and we're going to share some of them today. Uh, verse 3, by faith we understand that the universe was formed at God's command, so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. So we accept that by faith. We, we, we accept that God created the universe. Verse 4, by faith Abel offered a better sacrifice than Cain did. Verse 5, by faith Enoch was taken from this life so that he did not experience death. Verse 6, and without faith, it is impossible to please God. So here are these really powerful statements about faith. I'm going to take you through um, seven stories. The first is, I think, there we go. Faith is believing when I do not see. So you might want to take some notes down if you want to or put them in your phone because there are these seven points give us totally different windows into what faith is. Faith is believing when I do not see. And we have the, the story of Noah in verse 7. By faith Noah, when warned about things not yet seen, in holy fear built an ark to save his family. By faith he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness that comes by faith. So um, 
condemning the world as in they, did, they chose not to believe. By the testimony of Noah's life, he believed something that God said would happen that he had never seen. So believing when I do not see. Um, coming down to verse 8. By faith, Abraham. Whoa, sorry. By faith, Abraham. Um, when called to go to a place he would, he would later receive as, in his, as his inheritance, obeyed and went even though he did not know where he was going. He made his home in the promised land. He lived in tents. He was looking forward to a city whose foundations and architect and builder was God. So faith is obeying this, this command that God gave to Abraham, settled all his comforts around him, um, really happy with his life and God said Abraham I want you to pick up your roots and I want you, I'm going to take you to a place and I want you to go and Abraham believed God understood God obeyed God even though he did not understand why God was asking him to do that pretty cool um, by faith Sarah um, when she was old, an, old, an old woman and herself barren, verse 11, was enabled to become um, or Abraham the father and Sarah the mother um, of a whole nation of people. Old woman who was past the age of childbearing, when the promise came to her, I will create in you a mighty nation or out of you. And so Sarah, even though she could not believe what she was hearing, saw what God had prophesied for her and for her life and actually touched the impossible. She gave birth to a son, Isaac. Touched the impossible. Because in God's ordinance, nothing is impossible. And so faith is seeing and touching and stepping into the impossible. Um, as we come on further down, um, verse 24, Moses, I love this about Moses. We're just skipping through different parts of Hebrews here. But uh, in verse 24, by faith, by, by faith Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. And verse 25, really significant words, he chose... He chose to be mistreated along with the people of God rather than enjoying the pleasures of Egypt for a short time. He regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as greater value than the treasures of Egypt because he was looking ahead to his reward. By faith, Moses chose to be mistreated and to throw in his lot with God's people, choosing what was a really hard choice. I want you to just picture that for a moment here's young Moses he's been rescued by the Pharaoh he's been brought up in the Pharaoh's home as the Pharaoh's own son he's been schooled in all of the all of the the law and the teachings and the learnings of Egypt who were at that at that stage was the pinnacle civilization Pharaoh was regarded as as a king a king and Moses was the next king in line. He had absolute power, absolute authority, absolute wealth. 
he had the world literally at his foot, at his feet. That was his future. But when God spoke to him and God put it on his heart to rescue God's people, Moses made the choice to listen to God. It was a hard choice because he had to walk away from all of that and to step into following God's plan for his life. Pretty crazy. By faith, uh, Moses, a little bit later on, and I think it's in verse, um, verse 29, if you come down to verse 29 of Hebrews 11, um, by faith the people passed through the Red Sea as on dry land, but when the Egyptians tried to do so, they were drowned. We know that story really well. Um, Egypt's hordes coming up behind the people of Israel, nothing but the Red Sea in front, the armies of Egypt behind, coming to enslave them again. And God instructed them to hold out the staff and the, and the ocean parted. And the people of God walked through on dry land. Wow. Experiencing the miraculous. Can you imagine that? <laughs> Can you just put yourself in, in that scene in Scripture? Can you imagine being a part of that, that group of people on the bank? The fear that was in your, in your heart as you heard the chariots coming? You see the Red Sea in front of you and all of a sudden the staff is held out and the waters part. <laughs> Can you imagine that? And then you get to walk through what should be an ocean, but you're walking on dry ground. Wow. Experiencing the miraculous. And the walk of faith today offers the same experience of the miraculous. God does that in our life. God parts the water. God creates, makes things happen that could not possibly happen except that he's resident in our life. And when we see it, we need to, to acknowledge it. We need to give praise and glory to God. We need to, we need to fully embrace the experience of the miraculous because he does it in our life all the time. Um, faith is the next story down. Um, thanking God before I receive, verse 30, and it's the very next verse. Um, thanking God before I receive. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell after the people had marched around them for seven days. This was a weird, and if you think back in your, into your Bible story time, this is a really weird request that God made. Um, a really weird request. Why would you march around a city seven times? Why would you do that? Sometimes the things that God speaks into our life and asks us to do seem weird. You go, really, God? That, that makes no sense. But the journey of faith is that we thank God for the miracle that he's, he's promised before we receive it. And so the marching around of the city and marching around the city and marching around the city and then at the right time gave, God gave the victory. Pretty amazing. Um, this is actually a part that I love. Uh, verse 32 and onwards. 
because it speaks into the second story that I shared last week. Um, Trusting God when I do not receive. Verse 32. And what shall I say? I don't have time to tell about Gideon and Barak and Samson and Japheth and David and Samuel and the prophets who through faith conquered kingdoms and administered justice and gained what was promised, who shut the mouths of lions and quenched the fury of the flames and escaped the edge of the sword, whose weakness was turned to strength and who became powerful in battle and routed foreign armies. Women received back their dead and raised, raised to life again. But now we come to the second group. Others were tortured and refused to be released so they might gain a better resurrection. Some faced jeers and floggings. Others were chained and put in prison. Some were stoned. Some were sawed in two. Some were put to death by the sword. They went about in sheepskins and goatskins, destitute, persecuted, mistreated. The world was not worthy of them. They wandered in deserts and mountains and in caves and holes in the ground. Verse 39, I love this. These were all commended for their faith, yet none of them received what had been promised, what they had been promised. These were all commended for their faith, yet none of them received what they had been promised. I'm glad that's there. Verse 39, verse 40, sorry. God had planned something better so that only together with us would they be made perfect. This, is, this comes into the category, I don't get it, God. I don't understand. How come? You're all powerful. You could have stepped in. But this last group, this host of people, were faithful even though they did not receive the promise. So what's the nature of faith? The nature of faith actually isn't about whether things turn out the way we think they should on this planet. The nature of faith is absolute trust in the integrity and the goodness and the love of God and the absolute belief that he has the beginning to the end and that we're very much a part of, of that providence. So trusting and believing in God no matter what. The just shall live by faith. It's a pretty powerful statement. The just shall live by faith. What is faith? It's to believe when we do not see. It's to obey when we do not understand. It's to see the impossible. It's to choose when it's a hard choice. It's to experience the miraculous. It's thanking God before I receive. And it's trusting God when I do not receive. That's faith. Jesus said, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. He is the one who gives us life. I shared last week um, what I consider my life verse, and I want to close with this verse today because it speaks into what God has done in my life, right through my life. And, um, and I hope it speaks into, I, I offer it as a gift to you. Um, this may be a familiar passage of scripture, maybe it isn't. 
um, the, v- the very first part of Proverbs 3 actually is, is um, speaking to young hearts, to young people, and saying, remember the ways of God as a young person and follow God from the, your youngest days to your oldest days. Um, Proverbs 3, 5 and 6, trust in the Lord with all your heart. If you know it, say it with me. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your paths. So faith, it's a crazy complex thing. Um, And yet it's a very simple thing. It's about looking into the face of Jesus, accepting his gift, singing hallelujah praise, and touching the lives of those around you with his healing touch through your life. So I commend a life of faith to you. Um, I, my own testimony is that God has coloured my life through tough times and good times in incredible ways. Um, my life is so much more than, I, than the dreams I had for it as a young man. Um, Ephesians 3 actually speaks into that, Ephesians 3, 20 and 21. God says, you can't even begin to imagine the things I have in store for you. Can't even begin to imagine. And so my prayer for each of us today, um, my prayer for you, is that you will take the arm of Jesus, the hand of Jesus, that you will look into his eyes, that you see what an incredible God he is, that you will say to him with a smile in your heart, I believe, and that he will enable you and you will experience the miraculous in your life as you walk with him all the days of your life Um, the life of faith is a life that is so far beyond and above anything that we can plan for ourselves. and um, and i offer it to you today and god offers it to you today step into it don't be about your own plans step into the life god has for you and sit back and watch what he has in store experience get ready to experience the miraculous and when the tough times come as they inevitably will when the crises of faith come take god's hand have people around you come around you so that's the importance of a community of faith to remind you of the goodness of god keep your eyes on jesus and he will get you through whatever crisis it is that you face it's an absolute promise he will not leave you alone He will walk with you. He will get you through it. And at the end of time, we're able to say something pretty profound. And it's actually Hebrews. um, I'm going to just open my Bible again to um, Hebrews, uh, the next chapter, Hebrews 12. And I just want to close with these couple of words. Um, Hebrews 12. Therefore, Since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders. Um, Let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith, who for the joy joy set before him endured the cross. Consider him who endured, endured, endured such opposition so that you will not grow weary and you will not lose heart. We have a God who made us. We have a God 
who gave the supreme gift to us, his son. We have a God through Jesus who gave his life for us. And we have a God who promises to you that I will take care of you all the days of your life. Keep your eyes on me, believe in me. And I have in store for you something that you can't even begin to imagine, both in this world and in the world to come. May God bless you as you um, are challenged by that and as you think about that and as you, um, as you walk with God this week. Let me pray for you. Father, thank you. Thank you for who you are. Thank you that we have um, both in the lives of people around us, in our own lives, but also in Scripture, these amazing stories of regular people who, who were challenged in their faith, who who's experienced the miraculous, who believed in things not yet seen, who claimed the promises and never received them. Thank you for these amazing stories that give us an idea of what it is to walk with you. Thank you that you're a God um, who created the universe. Thank you that you're a God who's already won the victory. Thank you that you have a better place planned for us. May each one of us here um, in this building and those in the surrounding buildings um, be a part of your, your eternity is my prayer. In Jesus' name, amen.